This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Good afternoon, St. Louis DGS on KMOX. Happy Wednesday. Happy thank, birthday, Dave. Thank you. Thank you for lunch and thank you for the cake. Birthday boy. Thank you for the pens. <laughs> <laughs> There's something else that was supposed to be here and it's not here yet. <laughs> he bought me some. I just got notified it got delivered to my house like an hour ago. You got Let's the, go. You got him some pens? I did. They were, were they uh, from the uh, supply closet? No, 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 no. They're brand new. <laughs> Tell them, Dave. You know you loved them. Yeah, they're they're little kid pens. Scented, scented. Yeah, smell like candy. Yeah, big I've fat ar- pens. I've already started using them. I know. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I knew they'd be a hit. And Andrew bought me a uh, how would you describe it? A wooden notebook. That would that would do it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I agree. I, as soon as I saw it, I'm I like, I'm cool it. too. No, no, I had I it in really my head. Cool. The yes. paper is wood. It's interesting. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to carve in a your previous words. life. So I'm going yeah. to use Kevin's little kid pins too. <laughs> yeah. How do they smell? Uh, I haven't smelled them yet. Oh, okay. Yeah. If you hear Dave throughout the show going, and <laughs> <laughs> smelling the sweet tart flavored pens. <laughs> Are they scratch and sniff, or they just smell? I don't know. I just I didn't really read it that closely. I'd be like, "A smelly pen sounds great." He didn't read it that closely. <laughs> uh, he just said, said like fruity, right. buying my fruity, fruity smelly my pens. They look good. They're big, and they, I mean, they just look cool. Do not use if you're an adult. They're toxic. <laughs> oh, I, I didn't read that far. Do not ride on wood. <laughs> Kevin walking down the aisle of Target with his arm out, just <laughs> scooping <laughs> things into the bed. Not for use like, on hey, wood. I guess I'll take these. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that's what Kevin does when he finds something he likes anywhere? Let's go. Oh, oh, my God. Dude, this yes. is perfect. Of course they do. <laughs> Sometimes under my breath, let's go. Oh, Kevin. <laughs> Jeez. And now it's time for Chris to give Dave his present and go ahead. We're all I, uh, It's another Charlie there's a Brown cake shirt. right next to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, Dave. <laughs> Hope you like vanilla. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Very funny. Uh, Rach brought the cake. It's from Chanel. I'm telling the listeners, you guys all know that. Yeah, like there is any doubt <laughs> oh, in anyone's mind who heard the <laughs> Just saying. You never know. <laughs> Kevin asked me yesterday about cake. He was like, Should we get without even talking to Rachel, I was like, oh, that's that's Rachel's. <laughs> yeah. She will provide. Rachel will do the cake. If there's cake to be had somewhere, she'll take care of it. She knows, <gasps> she knows what there's she's There's ice doing. cream in the freezer I brought. You brought a freezer or you brought ice cream? I brought ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> what kind is it? Uh, it's the drumsticks. 
Ooh. Oh, I like you. drumsticks. Good for you. Yeah. <laughs> well done. They're for like, you. I feel like you're a little kid just scrambling now. I am, no, they're there. I'm telling you. Socks. I brought you socks. Look, I, I got did. them on. <laughs> yeah, I wore them. I, wore them <laughs> I brought goes, you a 2020 Camaro. Here, hold on. I got you a shoe. He's going to go out into Look. the lawn and pick you with some dandelions. Look, I got, I got you a shoe. flowers for your birthday. Look, this highlighter was for you, too. <laughs> No joke, if you just took your shoes off and said, Dave, I got you socks and put them down on the counter. We see Kevin robbing a guy awesome. on the street and he comes back like, Dave, I got you $27. Look, I'm not going to lie. I panicked last night when the when the, when the the actual thing didn't arrive. And I was like, well, I'm doing the kid thing. <laughs> My most famous move was Christmas one year when I was, I don't know, 22, more broke at 22 than you should be even. And uh, I, I didn't plan this, but uh, I thought, oh, I'm going to buy everyone a magazine subscription. So I just went to Schnooks or something, and I bought everyone a magazine I thought they'd like, like you get Field and Stream, you get Cosmopolitan. And I, and I gave it all to them. I'm like, now that's not just one magazine. You get a, a subscription for a year, mm-hmm. and they're all like, "Uh huh." And yeah, I didn't follow through, and they, they never, they never got anything else. So, <laughs> family still talks about that for some reason. It's like getting somebody a lottery ticket for their birthday. Hey, that's what my mom likes. Yeah, we got just really? a lottery ticket. Yeah, we got her a bunch of those. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. What my- scratch offs though? Is that what you got her? Uh huh. That's fun though. Yeah. You get to have the yeah. activity. We, we do that a lot on our family and Christmas. Ticket. Those are like the stocking stuffers. Good times. Yeah. Uh, one year, yeah. one person won five dollars. Yeah. <laughs> He's full of stories today, isn't he? <laughs> uh, hi, Jeanette. Welcome to the show. Go ahead. Hi, Dave. I just wanted to wish you a happy birthday. Enjoy your show so much for so many years, and I think your show is quite delightful, and everybody's there. Well, thank you, Jeanette. Oh. That's so very sweet of you. Thank you so You're much. You're welcome. Aww. You made Andrew cry. I yeah. did. So anybody else who calls you about every night, even nicer than that. <laughs> that's probably like the best gift you're going to get right there. Like that kind of pretty super nice. thoughtful very sweet. person that's not, I mean, like, you know, it's not like somebody you know or whatever. Yeah. Just Kevin. someone that listens and they're like, sweet. Kevin's like, so it doesn't even matter that mine didn't come Dave, in. Dave, did I ever tell you that this is the this. best show in the world and I think you guys are amazing and <laughs> uh, glom a kind on word I want to glom on to everything. Oh, speaking of people saying nice things, yeah. thank you to everyone who has commented and liked uh, the photo on Facebook. If you'd like to see Dave as a little baby, we have Dave's baby picture up on the Dave Glover Show Facebook page. Dave, I liked your picture on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> More than anybody. <laughs> I liked it five times. Liked it, unliked it, liked it again, unliked it. He liked it while logged into the show you'd account. see one of them, you know? <laughs> Followed, unfollowed. <laughs> <laughs> That little baby looks like he would really love pins of different colors you can smell. <laughs> I could tell. I could tell it was the one. Where, uh, can you show Ranji that picture real quick so we have a reference? Mm-hmm. I always say, Ranji, oh, that's, ex- that's a great baby picture. That's mm-hmm. exactly that what I'll look like when I'm 90. <laughs> I'll be the same size. Same face. Maybe the same, same outfit. Same, maybe. <laughs> if, my, if my mom saved it. <laughs> the big open mouth smile. <laughs> right. It's carrots today, Mr. Glover. <laughs> 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 Carrot, it's carrot puree. I'm Sorry, getting, we're not uh, doing. I'm getting a ton of texts from people who had forgotten it's my birthday, <laughs> <laughs> and we're just reminded. <laughs> the benefit of having a radio show, isn't it? Phoebe says, "Also, happy thirtieth birthday." <laughs> That's really what she said. Um, 
So yeah, sort of, uh, sort of weird, but sort of perfect. Uh, kind of life and death. Uh, you guys heard me talk about uh, the Clock and Gays forever. Bill Clock and Gay, my dad's best friend. How I grew up, like watching those guys play cards and kind of inform my, uh, inform my sense of humor. And he passed away yesterday at ninety nine. Wow. wow. Passed away on my mom's birthday. Kind of crazy because they were all best friends forever. And uh, so, yeah, so I know Karen and Kevin and the whole group are listening right now. I'm going to try not to cry. Um, yeah, just the greatest guy. You know, like, I'm sure you guys think back to your childhood. And I don't know that it happens much anymore. My mom, I mean, she's 96 now, but she'll complain like, oh, neighbors don't visit. And I'm like, mom, it's not just you. Like, neighbors don't visit mm-hmm. much anymore. It's, right. re- it's a very rare neighborhood these days, I think, uh, where people do what they did in the 60s and 70s. But when I was growing up, uh, three times a week, you know, we were either at the clock and gaze or they were over at our house and the, the boys were playing cards. And, I'd, and like, it was the first time I'd seen grown men bust on each other and just be funny. And uh, I don't know. I just loved Bill. He was just a, such a great guy. Smoked a pipe. Really, really funny. Uh, I remember one time. I've told this story before. Uh, I just wanted to be a part of it. And I was probably eight. And they were playing cards. And I walked up to the kitchen table. And I started rubbing the kitchen table with my finger. And I did that for like, I don't know, three or four minutes. And I said to my my dad and Bill, I'm like, I wonder how long I'd have to do this until it went all the way through the table. And Bill doesn't even look up from his cards. And he goes, well, I think you'd S your pants before that happened. (laughs) And, and, and of course, everyone's laughing at me. And I remember thinking... That's pretty damn funny. Like I, <laughs> I see what you did with that right there, Mister Clock and Gay. So, uh, R.I.P. Bill, one of the best guys I've ever known, and just like how weird and poetic to pass away at ninety nine, my mom's birthday, and my birthday today. So, all the best at Clock and Gays. Jeez, a lot of that happening all at once, man. Yeah, all at once. Your mom's birthday yesterday. Yes, it was. What number? Ninety six. Ninety six. That is so amazing. Hmm. Gosh. See, Dave, you only have 37 more years to catch her. Um, you know, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried about how long I'm going to live. Not the way most people are. Like, <laughs> my mom still has at least one aunt alive. Uh, true story. Yeah. In a nursing home out in California somewhere. And she's how old? I think she's just like an eyeball in a, in a wheelchair. Like I, I mean, like a hundred and five, hundred and six, wow. something like that. So, so you're worried that you're going to live too long? A little. <laughs> I mean, oh, Dave, Dave's a like, little. Oh. <laughs> 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 I mean, Dave's like, this place isn't that cool. He's on cool. TikTok my, at hundred My mom's, my mom's <laughs> grandma lived to a hundred. Uh, or 99, 98, something like that. My mom, 96. I mean, like, it's all over the place. So mm-hmm. I'm a little, I'm a little weird. You're going to be like, was it the lady who got interviewed uh, by a news station, I don't know, 10 years ago or so? And they say uh, she was like 100 something, you know? And they ask her, how excited are you for your party? She goes, oh, yeah. Not one bit. <laughs> not one bit. <laughs> Is this the lady who said she never had one happy day? No, that's the lady like in India who was supposed to be 127. Uh, She was like, I've never had one happy day in my whole life. I'm like, you have like 12 kids. I think her name was Flossie, and they were like, we're here with Flossie. I think that's it. Are you excited for your big party later? Dave, if you're making it to 100, it's going to be the year 2064. (laughs) Yeah, I know. 2064. I'm not going to be here then. <laughs> there's like, no oh, way. Dead. There's no way I'm making 95. I like, I like the way Dave was like, uh, 
I'm a little f- uh, afraid of my mortality, but not like you'd expect. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, I don't want to go too no, far. I mean, like, but I'm on, trying to look as good as I can, but I'm not so sure about the whole, you know how, like, people are doing, like, blood transfusions from mm-hmm. teenagers oh, yeah, yeah. and stuff like that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> that can't work, right? That one guy thinks it does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but he looks kind of terrible to me. And he probably also has had a bunch of surgeries. The billionaire guy? Yeah, that yeah. guy. that it's, he's, do, he's, he's getting the blood from his son. The, like, translucent, oh, yeah. spindly guy. Well, <laughs> not to be all philosophic, but, I mean, he's spending his 40s Trying to look better in his 130s. Right. Just enjoy your 40s. Yeah. Right. You're spending all your time getting your son's blood transfused. Oh, to like, go out and do something. Yeah. So. Yeah. So anyway, thanks for the happy birthday. <laughs> Appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> 122 DGS. Uh, looking at the TV above Chris's head, and it is the courtroom we're going to be seeing a lot of, quite possibly. It's the Georgia courtroom where Donald Trump and his 19 co-defendants will be tried at some point. And this is the judge. Uh, my understanding is he's 34 years old, which sounds so young. What? Uh, yeah. Well, the, he looks 45. The uh, the lady, uh, the lady judge, the, the judge, Judge Cannon, the federal judge for Mar-a-Lago has 14 days of trial under her belt. That's it. Wow. Yeah. Oh, was that the knock on her when she got appointed? Like yeah. she had basically never done anything? Yeah, about? I mean, okay. but that's the way it goes. I mean, like if I were appointed a judge tomorrow and then on Friday a case comes in and they do it by it's random. random. Yeah. Allegedly. Then they're like, oh, you get, you get Judge Glover. He's been here 48 hours. Speak to that. It, it is. When they say it's random, they're not they're not BSing you, right? Like no, BSing us, it so. is random. I wouldn't think so. No. I, I, I think they're probably pretty stuck about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. What are, what are the rules about being a judge? What do you mean? Like if you're if it's one of these appointment ones, do you have to be of a certain? The bar. Do you have to have any? Do you have to have experience? Do you have to be like a regular judge before you can be a federal judge, or can no. they just pick any random person with a law degree and say you're a judge now? That one, I mean, they typically don't uh, because you know it's very important. It's very political. A lot goes into it. But and I've known a couple of people, uh, not like buddies, but, you know, people I was very well acquainted with uh, who were appointed, you know, magistrate and then eventually judges. And, yeah, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of them are like prosecutors or public yeah. defenders. Yeah. That's that's big. A lot. Well, of, even if you're on the defense side, I just feel like there, shouldn't there be a minimum level of. Yeah. I mean, they send you to like a school, I'm sure. Uh, but but yes, for sure. That's one thing that I learned the hard way. Uh, because when I went to law school, it was very much a lark and like there's the ear of L.A. law and it was like, oh, you meet your client in the morning, you try the case in the afternoon, you take him to dinner <laughs> at night. And I, and I wanted to be a litigator. I wanted to be a trial attorney. And I went into like the number one litigation firm. And uh, the truth is, like, if you are a big stud litigator, you might, might try two or three cases a year. That's it. And the rest of the time, it's like. Just preparing for the case, obviously, duh. But it's just, it's not like television much at all. And and really, uh, there are trial attorneys who have great flair and great charm and great gravitas. And you can really tell that they can capture the jury's imagination and all this kind of stuff. 
What's more important is that you understand the rules of evidence and how to introduce a document or how to handle an objection. And they really don't teach you that in law school. And so when you see someone trying one of their first cases, it's brutal, brutal. Mine were. Yeah, I was always wondering if there was some sort of training on that. Because, I mean, if you're a, a lawyer and you've been to trial, um, you've seen it work. You've seen how it goes down, but then doing it for yourself is completely different. It's like anything else. It's like the, like the first time you played, you know, basketball. Even yep. though you'd seen your older brother do it, you know, you like and then like anything else, you learn by mistake. Some people are better than others, uh, but yeah, it really is a whole lot less about physical attractiveness and physical charisma, and more about just the knowledge of the rules. Like that's if you go to hire an attorney. <laughs> That's what you want. You want someone who understands how it works. The whole thing is stunning to me. Like, you don't even have to have a law degree to be on the Supreme Court. No. I think Learned Hand, one of the most famous of all justices, was not a lawyer. You have to have a degree some, to work at, like, some really simple jobs. I mean, think about, like, the times back then. I mean, I think... 17, 1800s law school was like a yeah. weekend, you know. Well, this like, is what I'm saying. Like, maybe we should adapt. Like, maybe? That's too hard. Because we use, well, and the reason I ask this is we used to have, because you're right, because this has been handled by Congress, right? They're the ones that approve, you know, the, they got to, you know, the, the, speaking of the Supreme Court, but it's true for the federal courts too. Yes. They have to go through an approval process. Yes, and we've always felt like, well, the people doing that are adults and they're not going to do anything stupid, but it's 2023. We got stupid people everywhere. Yeah. What? I mean, like, but but it, it, it got stupid quick. I know. So that's I don't what I'm saying it, like maybe I don't we think should it be happened, noise about this. Like, maybe I don't think it happened slowly enough for us to figure it out and then <laughs> do something about it. This just all happened very fast. I think maybe we need to. I think nothing we can do about it except complain about it. But I mean, it feels like maybe that should be a thing, let's, let's priority. Talk a little bit about this on the other side because I have a couple of analogies for you. Oh boy, people are excited now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But analogies, but also I think that uh, and this is very philosophic, but I don't think we can ever go back. I don't think you can ever go back. I think you always have to go forward. Now, forward can look a lot like the past did. Like, you know what worked in the past? Mm -hmm. Don Coriel's West Coast offense. But you're not going to go back to Don Coriel's playbook. You hear? You feel me? Yeah. So for politics, for the, the legal system, for who we elect and how we elect them, I think Chris is right. It did get weird real quick, and we're all still kind of stunned. Like your daughter brought home this loser guy, and you're all still kind of coming to terms with like. <laughs> I got seriously? married in Vegas. Exactly. Like <laughs> this is reality. <laughs> but you can't go back and get her old boyfriend. You just have to kind of move forward and figure it out. Yeah, probably should do that. Here, I'll give you one of my analogies you can think about. So when I was coming in today, there was an ambulance, and there were maybe 15 cars around, and I was one of two that pulled over. And all the rest are just like, yeah, oh, yeah. get around of me course. if you need to. Yeah. And I just think that we live in a time where we grew up with rules. It's like, why do I have to pull over when an ambulance? Because I told you to. Like, good enough. <laughs> you know, I mean, we we followed rules. And today I think people are more like, I don't care about that, that ambulance. It can get around me. Where I'm going is just as important. And... <laughs> I said this yesterday. I think that we need to re-embrace rules in a 2023, 2038, non-1965 kind of way. Okay, so we don't have to go too far into this, but I just, like, everything we were talking about, it 
everyone senses that there is this big change coming in society, right? And I'm not a wizard. I'm not saying like, oh, blah, 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 blah. It's just everything's changing. Very little looks the way it did even 10 years ago, much less 20 years ago. And so you have to believe that in the next 10, 15, 20 years, it's going to be even a bigger change. But sociologically, it seems to me, I want you guys to tell me if you agree or disagree, that the citizenry, just your typical people, have just kind of had it. You know, you look back over history and you can see not just the American Revolution, but there have been many, many revolutions. And they're all kind of similar, you know, that it's that people are being taken advantage of. Uh, taken for granted uh, while rich people, you know, go about their business. The dumbest thing that rich people do is show us how rich they are. Yeah. That's one thing that modern American rich people have really gotten wrong, where it's like, no, dude, just keep it to yourself. Go enjoy it. You don't need to put your Ferrari on Instagram and shove it in our face. Uh, But I think that the everyday kind of people, and I give Donald Trump a lot of blame. And I think he deserves it. But I will give him credit for at least being the one to kind of flip over the tables. And and people in general kind of went like, oh, okay, well, we don't have to do this anymore or that anymore. And I've decided I'm sick of this. And people are asking why. Why am I pulling over for an ambulance? Why am I doing this? Why am I that? Why do I, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to wear a mask? Why do I have to get vaccinated? Why do I have to do this? I don't think... That that is necessarily a bad thing. I think it's sort of the sign of waking up and growing up. But much like a teenager, when you start waking up and growing up and you're not just a little automaton, a lot of the things you want to do are kind of stupid at first, right? And I kind of feel like that's where we are in society. Well, there's nothing wrong. In fact, people should question um, when it comes to, I guess, any sort of authority. You should at least have the question. But... That also means you have to be adult enough that when you're given the answer, take the answer. When when you're given reason as to why we do, why do we pull over for an ambulance? So it can get by you and get to somebody who's in danger. Why are we doing the mask thing? So we don't spread this thing worse than we would otherwise if we didn't do it. So that people don't get sick in your family and you don't kill somebody else inadvertently. That's the answer for it. But when you continually push back against the answer because the answer is never good enough for you, I don't know what you do about that. Yeah, that's where I guess I tend to disagree with you a little bit, Dave. I don't look at this kind of social uh, change as like, oh, look at look at us. We're growing up and we're asking questions. I think it's more American individualism has been the main thing we've fixated on for the past couple of decades. And now that has become the most important thing is why should I have to do that? I don't want to do it. I don't think it's about like my freedom and my liberty and my rights. I think it's just I'm spoiled and I'm used to getting what I want. So whenever you tell me this is something for the common good, uh, that doesn't interest me because I would rather just do what's most like if you're really questioning why you have to pull over for an ambulance you're not doing the oh, right yeah. thing. No, I don't think we're all a bunch of little Thomas Paines. I, I mean, <laughs> I, I agree with you. I, 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 think, I think we're... Well, I think some people think they are, though. They, that's agree. how they see themselves. What have I been saying for like yeah. five years now? Yeah. People, every, everyone I'm a seems real to be fighter. cosplaying. Yes. We have the not, old- just the, not just the, the conservatives. Like, no. you look at any special interest group out there, and it's like, oh, you're pretending to be fill in the blank. I also think we have things out of order. We're in the whole shoot first, ask questions later stage. 
where we're going to decide we don't like it and we're just not going to do it rather than having the discussion you're talking about. Raising the question into the discussion should come before you decide I'm never having license plates again because I think that's stupid or I'm not going to pull over for police cars or, or ambulances because that's stupid to me. Maybe the conversation has to come first. Right now, the action comes first. We decide we're not going to do these things before we even talk about it. Well, there's a million a million analogies, but what what's it called when the Amish people get to go crazy for a couple of years? Rumspringer. Rumspringer. Yeah. I like calling it Rumsfelder. Um, <laughs> Rumsfelder. Could you, you just imagine Donald Rumsfeld being in the really middle of it? He's a really conservative middle-aged man for two years. <laughs> well, that's pretty wild for some of them. <laughs> going to attack Iraq. He's a I'm radical. Going back to the farm. Um, I just... I just kind of think that's where we are. Like, things are goofy and not in a great way, you know? Um, maybe we needed Marjorie Taylor Greene to, to, to be Marjorie Taylor Greene so that we could go sort of like having a party when your parents go out of town and someone breaks the television and throws up and you're like, I learned a lesson. We need to learn lessons. We just, we, I just think we need to learn lessons. Like this, this, this doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe it works for millions and millions of people out there, but the whole silly season we're in now and the lack of decorum, uh, I just, I don't like it. I agree with you, but I wonder how, when, or if the realization comes, you know, that, okay, this is stupid. Let's all take a step back. I don't think we have it in us to get there. Now, I will say this. I don't. I'm not saying that let's let's just be fake. Let's just all be Mitt Romney and very tall and handsome and put together and very polite and very cordial and very statesmanlike and yet rip us off while we're not looking. Like, I'm fine with someone who's a little more raw yeah. and real yeah. and who will tell it like it is. I'm just tired of the douchebags. I'm just tired of the, the people who seem to be organically subintelligent. Uh, crafting our laws which craft our lives yeah I, one of the things that can be annoying to me and i i don't think there's any particular ideology that owns this but stupider seems to be better like people would almost rather have a dumb person than a smart person because they resent the smart person or you know i mean and i get it because let's be honest there are people who are smart and successful or they come from the right family and they abuse that mm -hmm. and they do talk down to people and they do whether they're an elected official or they're just a CEO or they do things that don't help the rest of us. And I get the resentment toward that, but the 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 counter to that isn't, let's just get a dope. Well, you've said this many, many times before, and I agree with you. You'll hear people say all the time, well, if the founding fathers came back right now, they would think X, Y, Z. Um, first of all, they would be terrified. Um, <laughs> They'd be huddled in the corner. <laughs> but I do think the one thing that they would say is they would agree with you that, oh, they've just established another another uh, type of royalty. Right. We have our own aristocracy. It's yes. just, it's not about your name. It's not about family legacy. It's simply just money. And then that money leads to power. So we've made our elected officials the new aristocracy, and we've allowed and, and billionaires when you, when to be you that. think about it, you know, that if, if you were to say, uh, well, in America— there is no class system. You're not born into a certain class like in the old days in England. Right, the nobles versus right. the commons. And you can be anything you want, do anything you want. You can be president. That's true. Yeah. But I think it's only technically true. Yes. The same way that 
Uh, I could have been a Major League Baseball player. That's true. Technically. <laughs> right. Yep. But but practically, I had such a long putt to even get to college or low A ball that it's a little disingenuous to talk to me about how I could have been in the major. I, I think we collectively could get a lot farther if we would acknowledge that's true. But there are there are so many people that will push back against that idea and they'll say, well, look at this guy. He came from nothing and he became a Supreme Court <laughs> justice. Well, yeah. yeah, there are only nine of those, though. And the odds of that are so overwhelmingly stacked against you. You can be really successful if you're born into nothing, but can you at least recognize that it is really freaking hard to do that if you're born into nothing? And again, I'm going back to what Kevin always says. When the richest people in any group, whether it's the United States of America or it's uh, you've, you've crashed a plane on an island and you're starting all over Lord of the Flies style, if the biggest, strongest people or the richest people are the ones making the rules... What do you think is going to happen? This is, yeah, this is what's going to happen. You know, and some of and the analogy I've used in the past to describe how this relationship works is this. And this is some of the attitude. And I'm not talking about your buddy that's worth five million dollars. I'm talking about like the multi-billionaires, the people that are the very, very top. They treat it like you go out to dinner with five friends and the guy who has the most money, he's going to buy pizza for everybody. But he's going to eat. 90% of the pizza himself and leave you the rest and say, there you go, guys, free pizza on me. But there's like three pieces to divide up with four people. He's not a good guy for doing that. That doesn't make him generous because he gave you free pizza. Yeah. He ate 90% and of it for himself. Mind you, now, first of all, and I mean this, I am not smart enough for or well-educated enough in this area for anyone to take me seriously about what form of government we should have. Mm-hmm. I'm not a person who says we need socialism no. or we, so capitalism sucks. and uh, Not at all. I'm just saying that any system, whether it's ours or if it's a rainy Sunday and a bunch of eight-year-old kids make up a game, that within any system that has rules, it's possible and almost inevitable that someone or some group of someones are going to exploit it. Mm-hmm. And I think that we have reached a a point in our history where we're all feeling that. And it's like, okay, there are a couple ways we could change this. <laughs> some are better than others. Yeah. But I think that the powers that be need to be smart enough to look around and listen to the people and go, boy, there are a whole lot of people that are really mad at us. Yeah, but the truth is the really big changes don't happen unless people are literally starving. You could be right. You know, well, I mean, like, think, about all, to, yeah. think about all the revolutions that have yeah. ever happened. It's when the the regular, everyday, common person, like the majority, yeah, don't have food. Because if you've got food and shelter and entertainment, do. you're not gonna you're not gonna. Re- here's revolt. what the DGS is gonna do. Um, when it comes election time, every election, Rachel, I'm putting you in charge of this because you're the only one with any sort of responsibility. We really need to push the primary vote. Yeah. Yes. Like, I love yes. the stuff we do for Operation Food Search and veterans and Alzheimer's and, and stop suicide. I love that. But we need to get involved and be annoyingly in people's faces about you need to vote in the primaries and here's why. That that can be our little... But solves so many problems. Yeah. Or at least some, right? Even if it only solves one out of every five problems. Good enough. It's something. Yeah. 154 DGS. Marcus, thanks for holding on. Go ahead. I think uh, society nowadays 
in the last 15, 20 years or so has turned into a Jerry Springer show without Jerry Springer being present to officiate. You're not wrong. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm trying to <laughs> really. You know what? Before Jerry Springer died, he apologized. Mm-hmm. He said, he's like, I think I'm responsible for a lot of this. Oh, and, yeah. I told you my elevator story, right? Mm. I was on the elevator with him once and because uh, we worked in the same building. Um, he got on. I was on. It was just the two of us. And he's doing that thing where people are stressed out and they're rubbing their eyes under their glasses. And I said, uh, you having a, having a long day today? <laughs> and he goes, yeah. I still have two more of these things to do today because they would record like three yeah. or four shows a day. And he said, and they are so stupid. <laughs> and then he got off the elevator. <laughs> that was it. Uh, I'm like, this guy is making a killing yeah. on this show and he hates it. You know, yeah. it, that might be a great analogy because, I mean, what did Jerry Springer do was take advantage of people's desperation, weaknesses, and stupidity. I mean, like, they're not all stupid people that run Jerry Springer, but a lot of them were desperate or a lot of them were in bad positions. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, like he took advantage of the human condition. And doesn't that feel like a lot of what we see? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't just think take there are advantage of geniuses on Jerry Springer. <laughs> I think we can say stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, but again, sometimes it's. Do you have the olive sound? <laughs> oh, my God. That's incredible. No, I don't. I'm sorry. The Maury Povich? Maury Povich. Oh, yeah. that lady. <laughs> All Dude, of those, she, like all of those shows, are the encapsulation. I mean, Springer's like the king of them. Yeah. But Jenny Jones and Maury Povich, yeah, they all tried to copy it because it worked because we watched them. And now we're living it. It's like the South Park guys said when Trump was elected way back when. They said we don't know what to do because this is a satire mm-hmm. and we're satirists and we're kind of all living that now. Mm-hmm. Not outside of Donald Trump, just with everything. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews, or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.